0: Oil prices, they've been rising. What's the outlook going forward?
1: Well, I'm actually surprised when you just spoke now, it's gone all the way up to 52
0: Yeah, well, we've been noting that steady increase.
1: Yes, yeah. so oil prices have hit their highest level in two months. This is, well, at the time on Friday, Saturday is around $50 a barrel. And now you just mentioned it's gone all the way up to 52 So this is up about 10% in the past couple of days. That's how much the oil price has gone up. And the reason why is that there are signs that demand is increasing, which could offset the excess supplies in the second half. And remember, we've previously spoken about oil prices. And in the first half, it was plagued by OPEC trying to enforce production cuts in in their member countries in order to boost up the oil price. And on the other side, you had U.S. overproducing oil which increased supply and inventories in the market. So now we're seeing that increase in the oil price. And the oil price rally may continue forward. So we have 52 now. So it may actually go up all the way to $55 a barrel. This is despite the widespread criticism of the ineffective um, OPEC production cuts which have been put through earlier this year. So the oil price is likely to hang around at this 50-52 mark for a while, but some analysts aren't really convinced because it has been more on the side of the $45 a barrel and it's been difficult for the oil price to break that technical or psychological level. And that key technical psychological level means that it's been difficult for the oil price to go above that $50 per barrel. So if we see it hanging around in this area for a while, then we know that it's going to continue to rally forward um, towards the $55 per barrel mark. Um, and this week we're going to see that traders are going to be closing, watching very closely uh, for any news in the market concerning the oil price. So this will be U.S. stockpiles. What is the U.S. doing? Are they producing more? Are they producing less? It will be the strength of the demand of oil in oil-producing countries, especially um, countries like the U.S. And then you'll be also looking at comments by oil producers to see whether they are complying with the production cuts or not. So what we'll see is that the effect of the oil price change has been that energy stocks in the U.S. have gone up. But unfortunately, if oil prices continue to rally up, us South Africans will be negatively affected because we know that South Africa is a net import of oil. So higher prices are passed on to the consumers. But as for our fellow Africans in Nigeria, Libya, Angola, they're going to be very happy because oil price increase means that increased revenues for them.
0: So we are facing an oil uh, petrol price increase.
1: Yes, and I can't afford it at the moment. <laughs> 19%,
0: 19 cents is uh, what we're told uh, it will go up by. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, brace yourself. And then U.S. GDP figures, uh, they came out on Friday. What's driving the positive uh, performance there? Yes, so U.S.
1: GDP increased by 2.6% in the second quarter. So this is slightly better than the market consensus of 2.7%. And this is such a great improvement from their first quarter uh, GDP numbers, which were 1.4%. And it's quite typical in the U.S. economy for quarter two growth to be greater than quarter one because in the winter months, the economy is much slower and economic activity picks up more in the summer months. And the main driver and engine for this GDP growth for America Is consumer spending and we saw this coming through with the real consumption growth data which rebounded from 1.9% in the first quarter and now it's gone up to 2.8% so this shows that consumption has increased quite heavily amongst the consumer group and You just have to take a step back and ask yourself, why are consumers spending more in the U.S. economy? And I wanted, in my mind, I juxtapose this with what's happening in South Africa, because we've been speaking a lot over the past couple of weeks in South Africa with the fact that we've seen a decline in consumer confidence um, and consumers aren't spending anymore. And in America, what we're seeing is the confidence of Americans in, in the economy has gone up to its highest level since 2000 we've spoken about non-farm payrolls previously. Jobs are plentiful in in America. Unemployment is extremely low at 4.2%. They're basically at full employment. And some workers are even shifting jobs to get better pay because there's such a tight labor supply at the moment. As well as on the business side, the American businesses are spending more on machinery and equipment and they're rallying up infantry in anticipation now for the summer months when they're going to be spending more. So it's a completely different picture to what we're seeing in, in the South African economy. And all these positive elements are actually incentivizing consumers and businesses to spend more, which results in improved GDP. And I just want to contrast against the Eurozone. The Eurozone numbers also came out last week. And what we saw was that Spain GDP increased by 0.9%, uh, France by 05 and then the golden performer in, in the mix was Sweden, with 1.7%. So yes, compared to the US, the Eurozone is lagging behind, but we have to remember that um, the situation in Europe is completely different to the US. We all experienced a 2008-2009 recession, but on top of that, remember that period of time, know when um, we had the debt crisis in Europe, and mm-hmm. those small small countries such as Greece, Greece, um, We're experiencing lots of problems. So it's been taking Europe a lot longer to get out of that sluggish um, space that they've been in compared to the U.S., which is now at growth rates of 2.6%. And I always ask myself when I hear international news all the time is, why must I bother about U.S. GDP numbers when yeah. it's on the other side of the world and I'm concerned about South African and African news? And the reason why you should care about these U.S. GDP numbers is because of consumption. So the U.S. is one of South Africa's largest trading partners. So if you think about it, if the U.S. economy grows, then that results in increased demand for South African goods. And that means... That we can export more to the US, which is that's what we want to see in order to prove our own GDP numbers, and that actually took me back to, I guess, my textbook days. You know, when I asked myself, and and a listener called or was sent a tweet a few months ago, and they said, "What do we do in order to increase our GDP? How do we get Mm. out of this this rut?" And I took a page turned back to my economic textbooks this weekend and I looked at what improves economic growth. And if we look on our supply side, our productive capacity hasn't been good. Our numbers in mining, agriculture and manufacturing over the past year haven't been very inspiring of a positive story. And if we then look on the demand side, what pushes economic growth is our consumers aren't spending Businesses aren't investing, and the government has been curtailing spending. And then to add to this lovely pot, is political risk. So I actually ask myself the question is where do we start to begin to turn these Indeed. factors into something that's
0: positive? That's the million-dollar question. Where do you start? So maybe you can go and mull over it and bring us an answer. Fact? Okay. From which we can move. <laughs> uh, well, uh, tomorrow I'll hold you to that. Uh, Fundiswang Guta, thanks for coming through.
1: Thank you, Sagina.
0: And we'll chat again tomorrow. Research analyst Fundiswanguta.
1: This month, remember how the number 67. 67-